Welcome to Behind the Audition podcast with your host, Kurt Hilton. Listen in on interviews with voiceovers, filmmakers, producers, animators, and much more. Kurt, a voice actor himself, will give insider tips to the business, talk with guests about how they got into the business, and be sure to stay tuned to the end of the podcast when he challenges his guests with a pop-up audition. Now it's time for Behind the Audition podcast. Here's Kurt Hilton. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Audition podcast. On this episode, I spoke to the amazing BZ Cullens. We talked about how I got into the VO business, being part of SAG-AFTRA, advice for those wanting to get into the business, and I asked him if it was harder to get jobs having that deep voice of his. So sit back and enjoy another episode of Behind the Audition podcast. All right, welcome to the show. The one, the only, the man himself, BZ Cullens. How are you doing today? Amazingly amazing. If I was any better, I'd need a clone. <laughs> so so how are things in Vegas? I'm, I'm First of all, I'm extremely jealous. You said Vegas earlier. We were, we were talking before the show. I'm, I, that yeah. must be awesome. It's cool, man. Um, you know, the weather is warming up. Like, But the thing here in Vegas, man, is uh, the extremes. So when it gets warm... It's warm. So like we're, we're really, as it sits right now, we're kicking the nineties. Wow. Wow. So yeah, that, that's a, that's, that's a big difference. We're in the seventies, but uh, we just got over the whole allergy season where it looks like big bird blew up all over the car, literally just everything <laughs> yellow. And uh, so now, like I was telling you before, I'm like my left, my left eye, I keep winking. Cause it's, I just went outside for a little bit. Now it looks like I got the itch going on, but uh, thank you for being on the show. And, and I guess, yep. you know, get the show start off. When you first got into the world of voice acting, what what was the first thing you did? Oh, man. The, the craziest thing was um, I discovered a gentleman named Rodney Salisbury. Uh, and I hadn't even thought of getting into voiceover. A friend of mine, no, I'm sorry. I, my cousin and I went to a uh, bookstore in L.A. called Samuel French, which was, you know, where all the actors went to get all their source material. And we saw that he... Uh, had a book, just launched a book, and we immediately noticed and took notice of it because my family on my mother's side is Salisbury. So um, I'm like, wow, let me go ahead and see what voiceover is about. And that's what that's what actually started me off. Yeah, you got the whole, the whole journey. You got one of the most distinctive voices uh, when I when I first came across you on social media, like most voice act, voice actors do. You just have that really cool, distinctive voice. Having that deep of a voice is it is it hard to get uh, other jobs besides deep voices? When you know having a deep voice. No, um, because when it comes down to this thing in voiceover, you know there are lots of talented individuals who have a repertoire of voices. I'm not one of those dudes. Mm -hmm. um, but I do, I do have a couple of characters that take me out of my natural range. Um, but no, it's not hard to get work. You know, if you have Thunder Throat, you know, there's, you know, with characters that I create, I give them names. So um, I have one character named Tone. He's from New York. And so dude is, you know, he goes by the name of Christian Young. But we, he goes, he, his, his initials are CY. We can't see why he won't win. No, that's way out of where I naturally live. Wow. But it, it, that was something that worked for a Red Bull uh, project that I did. 
That's very cool. That's very cool. And when you, when you first started, what was the first thing? Did, did you focus on like uh, buying a booth or was it a microphone or is it uh, a mixer? What was something, what was like your first big purchase that you wanted to focus on? Well, first big purchase, <laughs> and I know this is probably not a popular answer, training. Wow. No, that's a great answer. I, and I guarantee a lot of people would be like, great answer. That's amazing. That, that, was my, that was my first investment when it came to voiceover because I found a coach here in Vegas, but I didn't immediately go to her. I immediately started taking acting classes before going into voiceover because most people aren't even aware because voiceover is voice acting. Voiceover is just, there's two sides of the acting coin. You have the on-camera and you have voiceover. With on-camera and stage performance, you have to remember and act. With voiceover, you have to read and act, but you don't get away from acting. So the, fir the first investment I made in myself venturing into voiceover was taking acting classes first. Yeah, that, that's that's actually something a lot of people don't say. They'll they'll say I bought the most expensive microphone, or I actually treated my room, or I got the biggest booth and everything. Um, right. And then they get in the booth and they start recording, and come to find out, they have a good voice, but they can't act. And I, I there are friends that want to get into this. They think it's easy to just read a script and because uh, they have a good voice, but your voice doesn't show how that character might come off in the acting. And I think what you said was perfect because a lot of us. Even myself, I me mean, working with a voice coach, I thought I nailed an audition and she'll she'll come back and be like, ah, it sounded too much like you're reading it or it didn't sound like the character or, you know, and, and that's, I think coaching is needed even if you're winning Oscars, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think everybody should have a coach to rely on that's honest and not just after your money. What do you think? Well, I'm, I've been in voiceover going on two decades and I still have coaches. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm studying, you know, trailers and promo under Richard Redfield. Um, I connect with, you know, Brent Allen Hagel, you know, and, and, and you know, take work, workshops with him. And uh, when it comes to this entertainment thing, it doesn't matter what format you're in. You can never stop learning. You can always improve. And the moment that you come to the this thing that I don't need any classes or I don't need to learn anything from anybody, you're doomed to fail yourself. Because right. we don't we don't always all have it. It's my understanding. I believe uh, from what I heard, even Sean Connery still had a coach. He, he he still has a coach. He still had a coach before. I mean, at towards the end, he still had a coach. If, yeah, before he passed, my understanding was that he there was someone that he was studying with. So and that I mean that dude, you know what, 40, 50 years in the game. Again, you know, you can never stop learning. You know, it, it's, it's no different than life. It's an ongoing learning process. Um, you know, I thought I, was, I thought I was a pretty dope promo trailer voice. And then, you know, I got, my, got my, my butt handed to me, you know, a little bit here and there when it came down to it. I'm like, oh, well, wait a minute. Okay, okay, I get it. I totally get it. And a lot of people don't even understand it. I'm a coach myself. Wow. Um, you know, tr uh, singers, singers get voiceover naturally. They don't understand why they get it. But the primary reason that singers get voiceover naturally is because in voiceover, there's a musicality and tonality to it. Talking is actually musical. 
because we don't just speak in, you know, a straight line. We speak in notes. The highs are highs and the lows are lows. So we even speak in music notes, but singers just get it. They just don't understand why. So when I'm coaching singers, I just teach them why they're getting it so they can continue to repeat the performance and they crush it in voiceover. A lot of voice actors that are out there are singers. A lot of people aren't aware of them, but a lot of those voice of very well-paid and prominent voice actors are singers. Wow. That's very good to know. And as far as your first project, what what was your first project that uh, you landed? Oh man, (laughs) you're taking me, you're trying to take me back almost two decades, dude. Uh, The first project that I landed, uh, the one you landed, you're just like, oh my gosh, I did it. I got I got a, a good role that I'm excited about. That first role that you're excited about. The first role that I was excited about. I mean, I got little small things here and there, you know, a real estate video here, you know, for somebody who knew somebody. But the first major one was that that really hit home was um, doing Dora the, Dora the Explorer read-along books for Nickelodeon. Wow. And uh, at the time, my daughter was like maybe four and she was the biggest Dora fan. So when I'm like, hey, dad's going to be King Juan El Bobo, she lost it. That is what it's all about right there. Wow. That's very cool. And, you know, your part looks like you're part of SAG After here. What, for yeah. those voice actors wanting to get into SAG After, tell us about what that process is like. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to tell you what my process was like. Now, my process is significantly different than practically anyone else's that you're going to, you're going to hear. Um, when I joined the union, I initially joined under AFTRA, which was, you know, has SAG and AFTRA were two different unions. They were sister unions. I joined, um, and then the next year they merged, and I was grandfathered into SAG wow. when the unions merged. Now, before that happened, there were tons of voiceover talents who were joining SAG and AFTRA separately because a lot of animation film falls under SAG while everything else fell under AFTRA, whether it was TV and radio. So they they had both cards. For me, I got grandfathered in to the union when it merged. So again, my situation was a little bit different. Now, nowadays, and if I'm not mistaken, there's still the same process. Either a producer has to love you so much that they sign you on to the project, which is called a Taft-Hartley, or you have to get three vouchers working on uh, union projects. Wow, wow. So it's just like, it's just like a, it sounds like the process itself is is it for somebody who's not in there? Is is it very rewarding being part of SAG-AFTRA? Well, I mean, of course, it's it's all dependent on you know your workflow. If right. you if you're an individual who's got a good workflow, a good workload, and you're getting you know union work, then yeah, absolutely. If you're an individual who is you know you'll get a a union job every now and again. Possibly, possibly not, um, because the thing is, once you join the union, you can only you can only do union work. Right. And if the union work is not coming at a hearty rate, it's going to sort of kind of it's going to hurt you. Right. Because when you were working non-union, you were getting all those non-union checks. 
Right. But when you get the when you get the right job, if it's a union gig, you get the right job. And all it takes is just one. You right. get the right job. Oh boy, those residuals are a doozy. Yeah, that's good to know because you know I'm not part of that. And for those outside the SAG after, you know, you're seeing those, it's like, I made it, or is it like, yeah, you're you're part of it. But just because you're part of it doesn't mean, you know, you've made it. And that's good to hear. You no. know what I mean? And, that, and that's a good thing for those like myself, too, you know, who are building a brand, who, you know, have interest in that. And that's great to talk to somebody who's in it. And going back to building your brand, you have that really cool, like every time I go to your social media site, you have that really cool brand. What would you tell somebody when to build a brand? What, what, what is it about, you know, being a coach and building a brand? What would one have to do to really, you know, I guess, show those, here's what you need to do to build your brand. What, how would you coach somebody to do that? Well, you know something, man, I, I have to do it by trial and error. Um, again, you know, back in the day, there, there weren't really many brand marketing coaches or brand marketing entities out there like there are now, especially for this field. Mm-hmm. So, um. I believe there's a gentleman out there by the name of Corey Disson. Yeah. He's, uh, he's one, I think, I guess he's at the forefront of it for marketing, especially for, for voiceover talents. Um, for me, my thing was, okay, you know something I'm BZ. This is what I do. I do voice. So you go along anything, social media bound, anything internet bound, everything is BZ the voice. You can't lose me. If you lose me, something is wrong. Everything is BZ The Voice. So that's that's my brand. Right. So um, my website, bzthevoice.com, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, everything is BZ The Voice. So if you're looking for me, you will find me. Um, I, would, I would advise anyone who's out there looking to market themselves and brand themselves, what is it about you? that stands out that will have somebody pay attention to you. Fortunately for me, it is the fact that my voice sits in the bass baritone range. And, um, you know, I'm, this is what it is that I do. You know, it's cool. You know, having Thunderthroat is cool. Having an arsenal of voices is cool. Um, But what are you going to do with it? How are you going to push it out there for people to understand what you're doing and, um, you know, get your point across to let you let them know, Hey, look, man, I voice this promo. I voice this trailer. I voice that product. I voice that good. I voice that service. I voice that event. Oh, wow. This dude does voice stuff. That's awesome. And so I see you do a lot of character work. Do you prefer promos or characters? Which one, do you, if you had your choice, which one would you rather do? My ultimate, ultimately, my thing is movie trailers and TV promos. I okay. mean, that's that's literally that's that's my thing. And there there are several gentlemen out there who have the same goals. We all have that same goal um, because when it comes to it, you know, especially for movie trailers, that's that's the upper echelon of voiceover. That's right. that's the top tier, right. and it's the toughest nut to crack. There are some people who, some way, somehow, you know, wind up getting in there. Yeah, and it's just a matter of you know hey look all the best to you so some people get it some people won't some people it takes a little bit of a little bit more time it's a little bit of a harder process but uh dude i say stick with it you know because if it's what if it's what you love you'll just go ahead and do whatever it takes now you can either be interested in it or you can be committed to it 
And there's right. a difference between the two. Right. And you, you have that, you do have that great uh, promotional movie trailer voice. I've tried doing those for, uh, for demos. I don't have the movie trailer voice. <laughs> I, I guess I would, the only thing I'd be close to be like a Disney. <laughs> so dude, dude, there, there's you know? a mark there. The, the thing is, is a, a lot of, a lot of people don't get it. There's a market for everybody. Yeah. And dude, yeah, you can, if you can pull off Disney trailers, you can pull off Disney trailers, but yeah. you can do trailers. Yeah. I think, I think those are always cool. And, um, but like, there are there are a select few and i you are definitely one for like movie trailers that and and uh, brent has that great movie trailer voice too um yeah. uh you know and i even <clears throat> excuse me i had stefan johnson on here and i just right. saw him on uh bali i'm like yeah. oh that's what you couldn't tell us but you know he has yeah. that distinctive voice i was like oh my gosh he landed that one so i, I, th- I think picking uh picking your uh your niche is very important and you have those those what two or three that you really focus on in, instead of doing like book narration or uh, e-learning what, you know, what's your good money, but you have those ones where like, Nope, I'm sticking to this. And that was, that's what works for you. You know what? Let me, let me just take a brief moment and big up, big up Stefan for um, coming as far as he's come. The dude decided to market himself as a voiceover talent. True. Um, but he marketed himself as a foodie. Yeah. And put himself out there on TikTok, exploded. And his voiceover career exploded on top of that. Now, mind you, he's a talented dude. Not only is he, you know, a great voiceover talent, Stefan is also a singer. Yeah, I didn't know and that. He's also a musician. Absolutely. He's also a musician. Again, I'm t- a lot of people are singers. Yep. Stefan gets it. Yep. So. Yeah, he promoted himself as a foodie. He made these crazy videos that took off, but he took that and he used that and marketed himself furthermore using that big, boomy, bassy voice that he has. Mm-hmm. And he's like, again, he's a super talented kid. Yep. So again, big ups to you, Stefan, baby, bro. You know, I ain't got <laughs> nothing but love for you. Yeah, he he is. He could be a comedian too. I mean, he. I will watch his TikTok videos. And speaking of singers, you know, I had Melissa Medina on here. She's a singer too, a fantastic singer. And you're, you're I mean, there, there are people that when I talk to them, you're a singer, you're a singer. I, that would be amazing to be an amazing voice actor and a singer on top of that. I mean, that's a, that's like the best of the best. So I want to give a shout out to you. This is one thing I'm going to give a shout out to you. I love your positivity, your motivation that you bring on social media. Um, we need more of it in the world today. You do that. You get on there and you, you're very uplifting. So I just want to give you a shout out. You're giving shots, but I want to say thank you to you for, uh, for your positivity. That's, I love to have positive people on here. So thank you for, for those uh, posts that you do. My man, bless you. I, I sincerely appreciate that, dude. Um, you know, my, my thing is, is every morning and these are the affirmations for me, um, let me be a blessing to someone, whether I realize I'm being a blessing to them or not, and put three smiles on, on faces today, minimum of three smiles on faces, whether it's on, if, if it has something to do with whether I post it or if I'm actually speaking with somebody, at least three smiles every day. I've heard that somewhere. Where, where's that at? I've heard that in life somewhere because that was in the banking world long, many moons ago. Mm-hmm. And I would have people coming upset. And my rule was if I make three people laugh, I did my job today. Is, is that a yeah. saying somewhere? Because I've, I thought I've heard that. And that's amazing. It, 
it, it very well could be, dude. And, and I, I may have run across it, um, but I made it, you know, made it my mantra. Like, like even in dr- going through the drive through and people are like, is there anything else? I'll be like, yeah, a loan for $20,000. And then you hear them over the intercom laughing <laughs> and go, man, if I only had it, I make certain that at least you got half of it. And then we sh- there's a conversation over the intercom. When I pull up to the window, they're laughing, they're smiling because these, these people have to deal with people yeah. all day, every day. Right. And all it takes is one individual to come in there and drain all of their positive energy. So we need to fit, we need to fill up people's love cups. Right. Right. I love it. And, and speaking of TikTok and stuff that we were talking about earlier with Stefan, what, what's your thoughts on TikTok? I think it's great. I've, you know, I've, you've actually do a, a fun video I put on there. And what are your thoughts of TikTok and voiceover nowadays? Um, I, I do see a, there's actually people uh, auditioning for jobs now on TikTok. Uh, Saturday morning TV is doing it with uh, Robo Zeta. Um, there's, there's a couple other ones that are going to come out for auditions. You're actually putting yourself out there. What, what are your thoughts of TikTok and uh, voiceover? I, you know, some, that's the reason that I joined it was to put myself out for voiceover. I'm like, you know what? I avoided TikTok for the longest time. And I'm like, you know something, man, I cannot limit myself when it comes to this thing, because even though I I work with multiple agents, I have a manager. I'm like, when all is said and done, we still have to pimp ourselves out. We still have to put ourselves out there and let people out there know that we exist. TikTok's uh, audience is enormous and you never know again just like stefan you never know who's watching what who's out there who who's going to catch what it is that you're doing and i'm like you know something i'll just go ahead and use tiktok as um you like facebook i usually you usually use it as a motivational tool mm-hmm. I'm like i'm gonna go ahead and use like instagram and twitter and and uh tiktok as um promotional tools but when all is said and done i still can't stay away from motivational so let me just go ahead and just do what it is that i do best and use all of them for the same thing i love it keep doing because i I love it i love seeing it and and hearing it i think people need for those that are having those bad days for those who uh who who might not be going far as they want to in this just keep at it keep striving at it if you give up you give up on yourself you know nobody becomes big overnight. It takes many, 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 many years. Um, yes. And there's one thing I want to talk about uh, in Blackest Night. Can you talk a little bit about it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, for those of who are unaware, um, <laughs> I, I released a film earlier this year. It's on YouTube now. It's called In Brightest Day Off. Mm-hmm. And it's based on the DC comic book character, the Green Lantern, and mm-hmm. the, the specifically Jon Stewart. Mm-hmm. The reason that even came about is because, you know, Jon Stewart became popular with the Justice League cartoon on Cartoon Network back in like 2000. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, most people aren't even aware of this, but Jon Stewart turns 50 this year. Wow. Most people weren't even aware of this dude's existence. Wow. So he's also DC Comics' first Black superhero. That's awesome. Yeah. So... When I first saw that thing, I'm like, oh, man, I want to voice that dude. Yeah. Then they changed his look. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. That's kind of my look. I, I kind of sound like the dude. I kind of look like the dude. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and be the dude. That's awesome. So I wrote that first film. We shot it. 
got it uh, got it released and now we have a sequel to it which is now titled in blackest night out now for those of those comic book heads that are out there they'll they'll know a common theme between the titles of both of these films which is they're based off of the green lantern oath yeah so um in blackest night out is uh just like in brightest day off is a different type of fan film my fan films are a day in the life fan film. Mm-hmm. When you think of fan films, most people immediately start thinking of shoot 'em up, action, powers, all of that. Mm-hmm. My both of my films are not along those streams. My films are a day in the life of these heroes living everyday life. Right. And in Blackest Night, takes John Stewart, and uh, John Stewart is going to hang out with some other Green Lanterns and kick it. They're not See, going out intergalactic shoot 'em up. They're kicking it. That is awesome. Out. I'm excited yeah. to see it, and I'll be sure to share uh, share it in the links. Um, I th- I think it's good that uh, we do have more diversity in the in the comic book world. You know, hearing that story and hearing about it. Um, I became a huge fan of Spider Verse. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's probably one of my like the artwork, the characters, um, and just seeing that come into the comic book world. The only thing I don't know about you, the only thing I'm not a big fan of, and you know, some people might be like, oh my gosh, whatever. Why do comic, because you said no, shoot them up. Why do comic stories now have to be rated R? You know what I'm saying? Like the new, well, like the yeah, new, like yeah. the new uh, Justice League. I wasn't a fan of it. You know, I just wasn't, yeah. a, I just don't know why Batman's got to drop the F bombs and it's got to be too no. violent. You know what I mean? No, you're, you're you're absolutely right, man, and and I I wholeheartedly agree. Um, it's not necessary. And on top of that, you know, being a comic book head, you know, um, and doing the films that I'm doing, the one thing I know about comic book heads is that we when we when we see the live action version of our comics, we want them to stick to the source material as closely as possible. And a lot of these movies, even though they're making big money, they got this incredible CGI, they're still sort of kind of swaying away from original source material and, and not sticking to the lore. Like mm-hmm. my favorite is Silver Surfer. Oh man, that's old school when too. Silver, yeah. When, yeah. when the Fantastic Four movie came out, Silver Surfer, I was all over it. However, mm-hmm. I was perturbed because there were several things that were off kilter mm-hmm. in regards to the Silver Surfer. I'm like, uh-uh. I know the Silver Surfer better than that, and that is not the case. Right. And the director himself, Tim Story, this is my story. This is how I'm going to tell it. Well, you just go ahead and you do that. Right. Because I'm not, I'm not going to complain about it. I love the fact that it, it happened. However, this is why I'm also doing this, because I'm going to tell the stories according to source material and make certain that comic book heads are happy. Right. So, like he said, I'm going to tell my story. Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell the story right right i like it you know and and see i grew up in uh, uh, i'm 45 i grew up in the star world star wars days and you know the old school cartoons um yeah. and there, there was no really bad things you know when you have kids you got to pre-screen these things nowadays and then you got to tell them right. well you can't watch batman or superman why uh you just can't right. watch it <laughs> right. so right. and i and i hope that like i said it, it changes a little bit or at least, because I don't want to, I mean, cartoons aren't, you know, they're great, but it's cool to see them being real. So wouldn't you agree to that? Yeah, yeah. And see, um, and even so, like for my films, man, um, 
No, there's not going to be any cursing. No, there's not going to be anything explicit. We're, we're actually literally putting together a genuine soundtrack for this film. Mm -hmm. I'm not, a, I'm not allowing foul language, even in the music, right. let alone on my film. Right. So yeah, it's going to be kid friendly. It's going to be adult friendly. It's going to be Christian friendly. All of that. Anybody right. and everybody can be able to relate to it because even even me personally in my own personal life and in my professional life, I do not use profanity. I will not. I don't audition for projects with profanity. My agents know it. My manager knows it. If they want me to audition, I will edit it. If the CD doesn't like it or the producer doesn't like it, then it's not for me. Good for you. That's and true I, to yourself. And I'm absolutely fine with that. I'm fine with that. That's good. That, that's, you know, and that's great being true to yourself and staying, you know, in that, and that's because there are some voice actors that will do things just to land a job. And, you know, absolutely. That, that kind of goes to my next question. What would you like to see in the in, change in the voiceover world? Mine, mine would be for less on screen actors to get voiceover jobs. But what would be some that you like to see change? Well, it's actually changing now, man. Um, it's, it's happening, you know. For a long time there, and, and it's not just in voiceover, it's also in Hollywood when we're talking about diversity and inclusion. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the thing is, is there for a very, very long time, you know, uh, the African-American community, we're like, hey, look, man, just give us a shot at the audition. You know, mm -hmm. we're not saying, you know, book, you know, book is the thing about fairness. And most people aren't even aware. And I would I hope that I do make you aware. People think people base fairness on outcome. Fairness is not based on outcome. Fairness is based on opportunity. Right. So, so what we want is we just want a shot. And so, um, but now, you know, that's, that's actually turning around for the better. And it's cool. It really is. Um, the, the whole celebrities coming in to, you know, you know, do voiceover work. I'm like, yeah, I understand, especially with the animated features, you know, they want to have some star power so that they can sell tickets because mm -hmm. that's that's for all intents and purposes, especially with the animated features. That's the end game is to mm -hmm. sell tickets. Now, on the Justice League cartoons, like way back when they had a ton of acting guest stars on that cartoon. That's, and I find, yeah. and I find myself listening and guessing who is that? Oh, that's Powers Booth. Who's right. a voice of Gorilla Grodd? Oh, right. wait, wait a minute. That's Tim Daly. Oh, yeah. snap. That it, it, it's, it's just like, you know, that's LeVar Burton. Oh, wait a minute. That's Michael Dorn. You right. know, War from, from Star Trek. So, you know, <laughs> I, it, it, I would listen and listen. And, and then I'd watch the credits. And, oh, Ron Perlman was Lobo. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> Ron it, it, Perlman it, was Vincent from Beauty and the Beast and Hellboy. And he was on Blade. And I'm like, okay, they bring... Now, now he's got this big, rich rich texture to his voice. Same yeah. thing with uh, uh, Clancy Brown, who was the Kurgan in Highlander. Mm -hmm. He He's he's what, uh, Mr. Krabs from uh, Spongebob. Yeah, Spongebob. And he was Lex Luthor. Yeah, and he's Lex Luthor. So, and that's just where we are, dude. <laughs> I, I <think laughs> they need star power. And I think it's cool. And, and but see, that's what I loved about uh, the cartoons and animation back in the day. You didn't know who these actors, you know, you know, the voice, but then it became the mysterious, who is that voice to, Oh, that's so-and-so in that big movie, or it's so-and-so in that big movie. Right. And it's, it's right. I guess it turned into um, what big voice can we hire for this 
role, but that's good to hear from you. And uh, yeah. it's, it's time to have some fun. You ready for the audition challenge? <laughs> I didn't even expect it. <laughs> yeah, man. It's time for the audition challenge. So I sent you the script and uh, whenever you're ready, do any voice it's you that you want to. I know you'll probably want to do your movie trailer voice that you're so good at and uh, go ahead and take away when you're ready. Ah, uh, got it. <clears throat> Coming this fall. <laughs> You've asked for it. And it's here this time. It's going to cost you. The all new Zeke Averici with full tight roll coming to a mall near you. <laughs> oh, how cool it'd be to have some Z Cavaricis pants now. <laughs> you remember you, those? You took it to Z Cavarici, bro. <laughs> oh, see, when I write these copy, the, the copy, I got to make sure I got to do something fun, a little bit old school. You know what I mean? <laughs> Talk about old school, dude. Wow. You Bring took it back there. To, oh, yeah. Back to J. Crew and Merry Go Round Days. You know what I mean? On Friday <sighs> nights and Sobraros and all that stuff. <laughs> My goodness, man. Wow. Oh, before I let you go, what yeah. advice would you give? I, 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 it's a cliche question, but what advice? <clears throat> and it's even for myself, for those yeah. getting into the world of voice acting, I always ask every single guest, what do you recommend? Absolutely. What do you recommend uh -oh. for those wanting to make it in this world? What do you recommend? Okay. So this is how it works. Um, and I, and I, I stand by this and it's not just voiceover. It's, and anything that you decide that you want to exhibit your gifts, because we all have gifts and talents. Um, so if you want to exhibit your gifts in arts and entertainment, whatever the case may be, make certain that you understand that just like life, this thing is a crapshoot. We're not guaranteed anything. We're not promised anything. Just because my voice lives where it lives, I'm not guaranteed success. When we step out, we're stepping out on faith that we're going to go ahead and put something out. And like Will Smith said, I'm just going to go ahead and do the best that I can and hope that it's good enough. So make sure you understand nothing is guaranteed in this game, let alone in life. If you're going to go ahead and exhibit your talents, you have to step out to find out. And while you're in the midst of finding out, you need to stand out. So find out what it is that's going to set you apart from everyone else, because there are tons of dudes that are out there who are my direct competition. Stefan being, being one of them. Donovan Cornitz is one. Eric Holloway is one. Rodney Salisbury is one. Damon Alum is one. There are a bunch of dudes that are out there. Brent is one of my, is, is my competition. And what is it am I going to do that's going to make me stand out from all those different individuals keith davis said it best um yeah your voice may be purple but there's a whole lot of different shades of purple wow so how do you let that how do you get that purple to stand out let's look at it like now right now there's a shade of bur a purple called barney purple wow <laughs> what is that <laughs> there's a lot of purple i think it right <laughs> Yeah. That is amazing. I, and, it, you know, Donna McCornitz, I had him on here. He is another individual out there with motivation and drive that I absolutely love. I, I, I mean, and I, that's what I love about this profession. We all, we all have each other's backs and we all right. been through it and we all go through it every day. And I, and I, this is one reason I had this podcast to talk to people, to know that, Hey, you know, 
we're going to get through crazy times. We're going to get through, you know, the hard auditions. We're going to get through those days. We feel like we can't do anymore. We're burnt out. I can't, but this is what, this is what I want to hear. And BZ Collins, you are the best. Thank you so much for being on behind the, uh, behind the audition podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. And for all of the, all of your listeners out there and now your viewers, keep it moving, keep it pressing, no stressing, count your blessings. Love it. I love it. Thank you so much. You rock, man. All right, my man. For more information about BZ Collins, check out his website at bzthevoice.com. Thanks for listening in on Behind the Audition podcast, made possible by Hilton Productions. If you need a male or female voiceover, contact us at hiltonproductions.com. Hilton Productions, let our voices do the selling.